0: This is
1: CliffCentral.com. Ooh, happy days for everyone. It's a lovely Wednesday, hot outside. I know you probably used to hearing Jade and Miss Prue, but they're away today. This is still Rookies and Rockstars. My name's Michael Flax. I'll be with you for the next hour, and we have an awesome show lined up. Uh, right now, I'm sitting with Catherine Black. Um You're a mother, you're a successful woman, and you're beautiful. You're like a package deal. <laughs>
2: Well, oh, thank you. That's unexpected. Thank you.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you get compliments wherever you walk.
2: No, you're too kind. You, you're very charming. Thank you.
1: <laughs> so tell me about your business. Um, SEO, that is yeah. search engine optimization yes. for Black Mountain. Yes. When I read SEO, first I had to go Google that. Yeah. Cause I had no clue what SEO is.
2: Well, then you've solved off the, the and problem. And then yeah.
1: Google still, I had to Google what Google was saying. <laughs>
2: Yeah. So basically SEO search optimize search engine optimization mm-hmm. is making sure that your website appears on Google search results. I mean, it's become a massive business. It used to be people didn't even used to think about it when search engines were quite small. Um, but the bigger they got, specifically Google, mm-hmm. the more important and the more people began to use them, the more important it became, um, for people to be visible on page one or you know, top of the results. And so there are various things that you can do to your website to make sure that it appears um, for the search terms that your target market is typing in. So, for example, say you're a luxury safari lodge and someone types in, you know, safari to South Africa to make sure that your website appears on those results. There's, that is basically the art of SEO. Well,
1: that's quite important. I mean, some days, well, most days people don't know what they're looking for. Yeah. They just typing in keywords whatever the first three things are that's what I click on.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think people place such a lot of trust in Google that they automatically they they Go- they trust Google to curate the results, that mm-hmm. Google is going to pre- present the results that are most relevant and, um, that are the most valuable. Even though, so Google does a very good job of doing that, but absolutely, as you say, you just clicking on the first three and trusting that that's going to be the best. But Google actually has a very sophisticated algorithm to make sure that the sites they see as the most credible, um, and the most relevant and the most useful are the ones that do appear.
1: Now, we're just talking about Google. Is that the most popular? Because, I mean, there's Yahoo. There's, I think it's Bing.
2: (laughs) You see, (laughs) Bing. Everyone's like, what is that other one? No, Google is the biggest by far. Biggest. So, do you work with
1: any of the others?
2: Um. Look, whatever you do for Google works for the others. So mm-hmm. it used to actually be, you know, back in the day. <laughs> I'm showing my age, but there used to be Like, like Us what's and your inf- Age 22. Yeah, no, <laughs> 21, 20 plus that. <laughs> um, there used to be Like Us and Infoseek and Ask Jeeves, and there there was Microsoft Search Engine before they called themselves Bing. It was Microsoft Search, and so there were a whole lot of them. And Yahoo was actually the biggest, mm-hmm. and Yahoo was actually had people sitting there organizing sites into categories, and Google were the first ones that came along. And had an automated system of ranking results. And then because of the way their search engine works um, without getting too technical, they um, became the biggest and they just overtook and they're probably the newest. So nowadays, especially in South Africa, it's about between 70, 80, 90% of all the average person's web traffic will come from Google. And then a small amount from Yahoo and Bing.
1: Let's take it back a bit because I'm sure – you must have studied something to do with computers in varsity. <laughs> did you go to varsity?
2: Yeah, I studied business science. Um, and I actually did information systems. So it was at UCT. Uh, but the way I chose information systems was completely random. A friend of mine was actually in front of me in the queue for the dean's signature. Mm-hmm. To start, and she was like, Have you chosen your major? And I said, No, do we have to choose a major? She's like, Yeah, I thought we, I said, I thought we only need to do So you that. have
1: to choose your major at the, yeah, ah. in first year.
2: And so I was like, well, what are you doing? And she said, information systems. And I said, okay.
1: <laughs> and did oh, you never God. once doubt that or change your mind? No, I
2: loved it. I actually loved it. It's so nerdy to say, but I really enjoyed it. And, um, and it was quite
1: unique. Like usually the guys are the yep, nerds. Exactly. So you're breaking this whole stereotypical thing.
2: Yeah, there are not a lot of women doing it. And they weren't. It, 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 funny enough, though, in my class at university, there were there was a good split between women and men. But in the industry, it has traditionally been quite male um, dominated, but I think that's changing. Um, and women can be nerds too, you know. Mm.
1: Um, some guys find it very sexy when the girl's a bit of a nerd. <laughs> Total nerd. <laughs> what, what other like industry sectors does your degree like take you into?
2: So okay, so we we SEO is one part of our business. Mm. What we also uh, focus on um, that try we try and differentiate ourselves in the market is we do web or digital content. So you know people spend a lot of money on designing their website. Um, they'll pay programmers and developers and designers for the look and feel of the site, and then they will just completely forget about the content and they'll put it in at the last minute. And that's actually a lot of the time what makes someone buy a product or engage with a brand or whatever. So we focus on the content. Side of things, um, and the reason for that, my business partner Belinda, she comes from a publishing background, so I have a. But we both did business science actually, but I always loved writing, and so did she. So it's mm. like a passion of ours that we've luckily been able to put to good use in our business, and then we have that SEO slant. So the content we produce. Um, is always search engine friendly.
1: I saw you and Belinda, when I was researching you guys, you both studied at UCT. Mm. Is that where you met?
2: No, no. So we do, we studied the same degree, but we, I mean, we did know each other then, but it was basically through mutual friends. And yeah, yeah just being in the same social circle and then she was actually my client when I was freelancing Mm. a few years ago and then we started chatting about how we you know I wanted a business partner and she wanted to work for herself and then it just it just happened from there
1: how long did you live in Cape Town because I've always wanted to live this Cape Town lifestyle (laughs) where you just relax you grow a beard you don't worry about anything You go for strolls on the beach before, like, varsity or something? No,
2: it's true. I always say, and with no disrespect to Capetonians, that... Uh, oh,
1: let's disrespect
2: Capetonians. <laughs> no, but the work does not start early there, and Friday, rush hours at 2 p.m., and that is the absolute truth, you know? So, people have a very good... Work life balance, I guess you can say, but there's just a lot of things to do there. There's the lifestyle and, and the downside though, I do think from, cause I'm mainly, I'm from Cape Town mm. originally. So I actually moved up to Joburg in 2011. So I've only been here for four years, but, um, I think in, in general salaries are lower there, but yet, you know, it's not like things are cheaper there mm. and it's not like your lifestyle. Well, I suppose your lifestyle. Our lifestyle,
1: lifestyle can, looks so much easier there. If one's yeah. relaxed, chill. Yeah. Taking it easy
2: Yeah, there's lots to do There's lots of outdoorsy stuff to do I just I don't miss the wind and the rain But
1: but what about the beaches? (laughs) Yeah, I do I mean, you can go play bat and ball No,
2: no It is it is amazing And actually a friend of mine Was out here recently from the States And he said The main difference with Cape Town That he felt with other cities in the world Mm -hmm. He's like Other cities Like let's say Barcelona The beach in the city Is like not that great but then you're in Cape Town and you drive over the mountain and there's Camps Bay. And he's like, this knocks it out the park. It's beautiful. Like, yeah. Like a lot of places you have to drive for two hours yeah. to get there. And there it is on your doorstep. So, no, I, I do think that, that it is true. Cape Town lifestyle is pretty enviable.
1: Do the rest of your family still live in Cape Town?
2: Yeah, pretty much. My one brother lives in Australia. So What's know. he doing? <laughs> he is in financial planning, which I don't actually know the ins and outs of what that actually is. But I'm
1: sure it's just like... Putting numbers one in the de- debit, one in the credit, exactly. and calling it a day.
2: Yeah. So no, he married an Australian, so we can forgive him for that. And the rest of us are here.
1: I saw you have one kid, and I thought we had yes. discussed a bit of parenting. <laughs> I know you've got a lot to tell me about that. Um, girl or boy?
2: Boy. Boy. A boy. Yeah.
1: And did birth in Cape Town?
2: No. So he was born. He's fifteen months old. Just over a year. Oh, cute. Yeah, yeah. He's busy. Busy man. What
1: happens at fifteen months old? Jeez, Do they man. even talk?
2: um he's he's definitely thinks he's talking i can't really understand what he's saying stuff. yeah and dad day doesn't say mama yet which is quite insulting but anyway he um no he's he's quite he's a boy so mm-hmm. different from the little girls at that age he's doesn't like normal toys he likes the dustbin obsessed to the dustbin Isn't and that, vacuum cleaner. Like, doesn't it
1: cause you stress i mean there's yeah. so many germs in there yeah
2: and we've got two dogs and two cats so he basically must have the best immune system I heard that's actually
1: dogs. very good for kids to have dogs and cats because you want it, you want them while they're young to like
2: yeah. get everything
1: so that they're no longer sick. Like you want them to have the measles, the jaundice and everything <laughs> so that when they're older, they don't have it. You want, you don't want them 16 years old having chicken pox.
2: No, look, I think. Also, people tell themselves that to make themselves feel better when the dog's licking their face. But it is true, in a way, that they are exposed to these germs, Mm. but it hasn't stopped my... Yeah, I mean, they get sick, but I do think it's good. And also, they're not scared of animals, you know? That's a big thing. If you go and visit friends or, you know, see a dog in the street, if your child's never been exposed to them, it's quite stressful.
1: What kind of mother are you? Are you protective? Are you chilled? Because, I mean, it's your first child.
2: Yes. I think... If I were to sum up one word, and this is probably, you know, it's not ideal, but I'd say I'm rushed. I'm a rushed mother. It's just, I I, I was saying to someone the other day, unfortunately, it feels like everything I do, I do a half job because I'm trying to fit in work, which I love. It's like my first child. I love my son. And, you know, whenever I'm on one thing, I'm thinking about mm. the other. And it's very hard to actually separate them. Um But, no, I, I would say I'm quite a playful mother. And I have had to let go because he's hectic. You know, he's not, he doesn't sit in the corner doing puzzles. Is it
1: hard to manage a son and a company?
2: Yeah. So, as I just said, I think it's very tough to switch off one and, and do the other mm-hmm. um, and not think about the other. So, you know, when I'm at work, I get the, the mommy guilt. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've heard of that, but no, what it's is quite, it? quite significant.
1: Is that like that? What's it called? The empty, not the empty nest syndrome, where, where you have to now, you've had the maternity leave and you have to leave the baby now.
2: Yeah, you feel terrible. You basically feel like. You know, you're not there to bring up the child, and I mean, you are, but you during the day you should be at home with them. It's just a normal thing that I think most mothers who work feel, and you've got to manage that. It was very hard in the beginning, but you do get used to leaving mm. them. Um, it's actually quite <laughs> quite peaceful leaving them <laughs> in the morning, and yeah, so you miss them throughout the day, and you do. Part of you feels like you're missing out. You know, I'm and then, sure you
1: get a lot of help at home.
2: Yeah, and then it's great, and then you know when you do spend time with them, it's quality time. Because you're not, you know, that's why weekends are exhausting. (laughs) So who's
1: there to help when you're not there?
2: (laughs) So my amazing nanny, who's Mm -hmm. basically like William's second mother, is, yeah, so she's there during the day. And then I get home in the afternoons and that's, that's when the hard work starts.
1: And I noticed we skimmed over William's father. That seems to be a bit of a touchy subject.
2: No, 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 no. William's father is there, definitely. Is he
1: still in the picture?
2: Yes, yes. And he, well, he works during the day. That's why I didn't mention Uh, him. Oh, what's he do? (laughs) He's in commercial property. So he's Joburg, Joburg born and bred um but yeah no very involved and i think i was actually saying to someone this morning it's so awesome how these days the husbands tend to be much more involved than i don't know maybe yours was different but my dad was not he had three kids didn't didn't really change nappies and that kind Mm. of thing you know so i think things have definitely changed and with my husband and i it's it's quite equal
1: does he change the nappies yeah
2: yeah oh yeah And he doesn't
1: mind the smell have you ever changed a nappy And while you're changing the nappy, your little boy, William, starts peeing and yeah, it's like yeah, projectile. Yeah, yeah.
2: No, of course. <laughs> that's normal. Uh, that's definitely happened. But, um yeah, I think you just get used to it after you've changed a thousand nappies, you know.
1: Your husband, born and bred Johannesburg. Yeah. You're from Cape Town. Yeah. So, where did you meet?
2: Um, we actually have known each other since we were young. I did live in Joburg for a while when I was little and for five years. And then we saw each other again at university. And then we saw each other again a few years ago. But where
1: did the first spark like come from?
2: <laughs> um, yeah, no, we just, we bumped into each other and then. How that, old were you? I was, oh gosh, I was, it was a few years ago. It was for how long are we together? Four years ago. And yeah, we, I mean, so obviously you have this shared context of. Mm. Friends. I mean, you know each other's yeah. life and yeah. stuff like that. And then I actually did, I did move to Joburg for work as well. And he was also to do with that. But, um, so I was still living in Cape Town and then decided to do the move here.
1: For him. It uh, sounded like a bit for work and a bit yeah, for him.
2: Yeah. Depends on what, you know, my mood. But no, it was definitely a bit of both. And, and that actually is a good point. We were talking earlier about Cape Town, but I found a lot of the time I was, I was working in Cape Town, mm-hmm. but, a lot of the decision makers for the work I was doing were in Joburg. So I actually found myself coming up to Joburg quite a lot every two, three weeks, you know, and to a month, which got quite exhausting to meet the client, the person who would decide whether or not to, you know, give the budget or whatever. Um, And eventually it just made sense to be here.
1: So you moved to Joburg Mm. after how long of knowing him and dating Um,
2: him? She's probably a year.
1: That's a big commitment for uh, just one year.
2: Yeah, but I guess it worked out, right?
1: Yeah. You guys got married?
2: <laughs> yes, we got married.
1: Then how long after the marriage did you decide to have the baby? Cuz a baby's a big commitment. A lot of thought goes into having a baby.
2: Yeah, it's it's definitely a massive life changer. And um I don't think you can ever be fully ready for it, but I mean you 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 think you are theoretically and then How do you
1: even start the talk like Hey, baby, um listen, <laughs> I want like a little two-legged creature.
2: <laughs> no, man, I think you, I think, well, if you marry someone, maybe you should talk about whether you want kids before you get married. Cause, mm. So then if you're both on the same page, then eventually. So you
1: had this conversation? Yeah. And he he was like chilled, yes, yeah. I want kids? Yeah. How many? Yeah,
2: no, no, we, that's negotiated. no negotiable, you know.
1: As many as you want?
2: Yeah, five kids, why not? You want five kids? No, no. I don't.
1: How many kids do you want? <laughs> I don't know.
2: I don't know. Um Probably more than one.
1: Well, something you got to think about because you want them close together, the age. Yeah. You don't want like a, a two-year-old while you've got like a 20-year-old son.
2: No, that's true. Although my oldest brother is seven years older than me and it's quite a good... Well, I've got a middle brother too who's four years older. So... There's something to be said for a big age gap mm. because my oldest brother and I, we, we never fought. We always got on and there's kind of like you are closer when you're older, maybe not as much when you're growing up, but you definitely. It's I always nice to have like an yeah, older brother to you. learn
1: from or older sister yeah. take care, t- take care yeah, of you. You've got siblings, right? Yes. I've got an older brother, but, um, yeah, we very different though. I think I think we got along better when we were younger, mm. and then we just started getting into different things. Yeah. We like different things, and then you got to sort of like fight to find commonalities to like even socialize with each yeah. other. With
2: yeah, it's funny how siblings can be completely different personalities, but yet mm. you know you're in this, you're in the family, so you find a way to get on. Hopefully. I know,
1: I know. Fifteen months. This might be early to play this game with you, but I want to play a bit of a game <laughs> oh, called <no>. scenarios. <laughs> I'm going to put you in scenarios that your child might do. And I wanna know how you're gonna react and what you're gonna do. Oh wow, okay. Okay, your son, he's now twenty years old. He just phones you, hoppers four in the morning. Mom, I'm in jail.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: What are you gonna do? Well will you let him learn his lesson in jail?
2: I don't think jail. He's no. in
1: jail for stealing a car.
2: <laughs> oh wow. That's not my son. Um, I don't think that I could bring myself to leave my son in jail, no
1: straight away get in the car
2: yeah I'll get him out of jail and then discipline him in my own uh, how you would know. you
1: discipline a 20 year old son
2: i don't know These i are think i'm unqualified think about. i know at this point i'd say i'm unqualified but um i don't know if you can i mean a 20 year old's almost they're an adult basically so yeah, i think that most of the important lessons and values and all that gets done way before then i'd say before like 10 years old
1: You know, you can play this game along with us. You can just give us a phone call on 0861-555-189. Let me know how you're disciplined your 20-year-old son. If you caught him stealing a car, now he's in jail, you get the phone call at Hopper's 4. You know, I want to hear from you. Um, What about if he phoned you? Mm. Mom, I've just... How old? Okay. He is 22. I've just met this girl. I've known her for two weeks and now I think she's pregnant. <laughs> I didn't say these would be easy. No,
2: no. Well, what can you do, right? Your son's twenty-two. I mean, I, uh, twenty-two is you've done your work. There's nothing you can do. I
1: don't think you ever done your work. No, as in, <laughs> as
2: in, you can't stop them from making the choices they're going to make. And uh, if he phoned me and said that, well, then I guess you just have to deal with it going forward. Like, well, what are you going to do? And I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think you can intervene if that's what you're saying.
1: Mm. What about the conversation if your child? was now going for the same sex, if your your son was now gay, he came to you and he said, Mom, listen, I'm gay. I like men.
2: That's fine. You're
1: I, totally all right with mm, that? Yeah. And you don't want to be like the controlling mother? No. Like?
2: No, I think... No, I don't, no, if he came to me and said he was gay, that's fine.
1: See, I never know how I would react to these situations, such as child being pregnant or... Coming coming forth to me I think If my son had to come And say he's gay I wouldn't know how to react I'd just Mm -hmm. be like Alright that's fine As long as you happy Well that's I was just gonna
2: say I think It's just uh, It's actually good That they're quite Being true to themselves Mm. And happy That's all You just want Everyone just wants Their kids to be happy You just want
1: your kid To be happy and normal Yeah You just want Them to know That they loved I guess
2: Yeah so, I think, you know, that well, that doesn't bother me. That wouldn't be an issue. I don't
1: what about, let me let me take something that will bother you. <laughs> Your child's now getting bullied at school. How, how are you going to react to that?
2: Jeez. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I actually don't know. I don't, see, I feel like I'm unqualified. Would you go
1: straight to the school or would you go beat the parents up?
2: No, no. I
0: mean,
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think I would go and beat the parents up. <laughs> I would probably find out more about the situation. And maybe speak to the the teachers and whoever's involved if they know any more information. It depends on how old the child is as well.
1: Seven years old.
2: Yeah, I mean then I was I mean def- that
1: that's gonna affect your child yeah. like in long term. Yeah. So you I'd could- probably
2: I'd probably talk to the teachers and see what we can do. But I mean I don't know if you you can't just rock up at the parents' house and mm. you know. But uh yeah, that's a tricky one. Thank you for bringing this up because now I have to go <laughs> and are think things about this. <laughs> you got to think
1: about. Me at 23 years old, I'm already thinking about these things. i just been thinking about
2: <laughs> bottles and formula and nappies. And now I'm going think about like, you know. Is that
1: stuff expensive? Yeah. Like hella expensive. Yeah.
2: Like, how much do
1: you think you need to be making a month to have a kid?
2: Well, I don't know. But I'd put it this way, a bottle of uh, a tab of formula is 150 rand-ish. How long does that last? Well, it depends how much you're giving them for me, but maybe two weeks or a week or two weeks. Good lord. Mm-hmm. And then nappies are like 160 rand, 170 rand. So, and those you go through quickly. But, but then obviously they get potty trained and they're out the nappies. But I'd say for the first two years. It's how, so how, how do you
1: potty train a child? I, I
2: don't like know. Like I know how you Again, potty train
1: like a dog or a cat or something, but a child.
2: I don't, I think that they start telling you that, you know, they need a wee and then. You That's see, I
1: want my child to learn from its friends how to be potty trained. So, whenever the friends' parents <sighs> wow. are doing it, I'll just drop my kid off and they can learn there.
2: <laughs> I'm very excited to meet your kid one day.
1: Yes, yeah, that will be one day. Yeah, I've still got a long way to go. When do you, you think it's right to have kids?
2: Oh, jeez. I don't know. It's pros and cons. Like for me, I I had William when I was quite old for, mm-hmm. I guess, for reproductive years. I mean, What's I didn't old my, for reproductive mid, well, years. Well, mid 30s. You're That's Mr. not old. When, no. did you,
1: when did you stop, what's it called, ovulating? <laughs> I had a the There's a word, ovulating.
2: I would say your early 40s is probably kind of time when it's, it cuts off. So, you know, women that have their kids in their early 20s, I think it's tough at the time.
1: It's very young.
2: Yeah, it's young and you, you maybe miss out on some of the things that your friends would do, like traveling and experiencing a bit of the world. But on the other hand, you're then a young Mother, when your kids are sort of 18, yeah, you got
1: you that hot mom. Well, the you've got the kids are coming t- over <laughs> to the house to look at you.
2: You've got a whole other chapter, you know, and you've got the energy for it. So, And that's the other thing. I think my mom was saying she had her first, my brother, when she was 22. And mm-hmm. she said, yeah, it's just, it was fine. You have so much energy. And now it's, it's quite tiring, you know. <laughs> it, it sounds crazy, but it does make a difference, I think. But, yeah, I don't think there's any right time.
1: Has your, has your life like changed a lot? I mean, do you still go out like on date nights with a hubby?
2: Yeah, you've got to, I think you have to make, it's just a lot more planned, you know, because you've got to get a babysitter and all that kind of thing. But, um, it's changed for the better. You know, we're so happy. It's like, I can't imagine life without him. My son Mm. and my husband. But it's just, yeah, it's it's the spontaneity is a little bit in terms of let's just go away for the weekend. Let's go here. Let's do this. Let's, you know, go and visit friends because there's nap times and blah, blah, blah. So just a little bit more planning. But I think you can still have a great life. You just have to, I don't know, not take it all so seriously maybe.
1: I was reading an article the other day and it said that, the romance actually increases when you have a child because now you've got this, this thing that brings you together, this one soul. Is it true? Like well, the, uh, this article was talking about how their sex life has improved since they've got a child. They feel more connected.
2: Well, I think what is cool, I can't speak for everyone, but is you look at this child and you start seeing qualities that your husband has you know for example the way they cough or yawn or even talk or, or their
1: nose yeah
2: the way they look but also the behavior is it's pretty cool you know and their temperament can often be like one person or the other and i think that's very it's awesome to see like a mix of both of you in in one person
1: mm. and what about like pushing for date nights and that and holidays is holidays hard with the kids? <laughs>
2: because
1: yes. you look like you traveled a lot when you were younger
2: yeah, I did, and look, holidays are different. But where you been? Well, I lived overseas for seven years. Mm-hmm. I was in the UK for four, and then the states for three years. And so during my time there, I did quite a lot of traveling because you know you're, you're earning the foreign currency and yeah. you close these places. So that was that was awesome. Yeah, so a lot of Europe when I was in England, and then the states is just massive. So I did a lot um, of travel around the country there. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think we, d- we don't do as many overseas holidays now with children, but, uh, it's just a different kind of holiday, you know, it's
1: more like chilled, relaxed. Mm. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> tons of prep's going to go into it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Packing, packing's a problem, you know, takes ages.
1: I mean, look, the, the kid you don't have to pay for airplane seats. Yeah. Don't they just sit on your lap or something?
2: Well, if they're a calm child, yes. If they're my child, they no, don't sit on your nothing's lap.
1: Nothing's worse than a screaming baby. <laughs> on a plane and then do you know feel what? like the guilty you know mother Like that oh, is going
2: to be you one day and nah, then you're going to be because it happened to me I used to I remember being single and like you know you sit on a plane and people's kids are screaming like, God can't they just control them you know like and then when you have a child you realize that their ears get sore when you take off and because they can't equalize by hmm. swallowing And they're bored and they're not used to sitting in one place. And then when it happens to you, you suddenly just have all this empathy for all those parents that sat on planes with their kids trying to control them, you know. And I think especially under two years old, say, or maybe three even, when you can't actually reason with them and their attention span is about 1.5 seconds, Mm -hmm. it's very tiring. So I, I recently flew up from Cape Town to Joburg on my own. My husband had come back earlier. Had to get back to work and then i flew back with will on the plane and it was just the longest i just remember looking at my watch and <laughs> we'd been in the air for about 10 minutes and i just looked at my watch and i was like i have another one hour and 50 minutes to go and it was yeah
1: Do you have to take the child for like a lot of medical tests before you fly or even no. like during the year don't they have to get like shots and stuff
2: yeah but that's that's not that's just standard vaccinations but
1: what for what though
2: you know, I'm like the...
1: clueless when it comes to babies. <laughs> if a baby starts crying and it's in my hand, I consider it broken <laughs> or it needs a change of batteries.
2: Yeah. Look, I think you just get used to that. The crying firstly. And secondly, that's how they communicate. That's the only way they can, you know, when they're very little. But no, the vaccinations are against all the nasties, you know, like the measles and chicken Aren't so. they
1: supposed to have that so they don't have it when they're older? I didn't have measles when I was younger and then I got it like last year or two oh, years ago. See? Yeah, and it, it was horrible. I was in bed scratching all red.
2: Oh, no. Um, look, I think you can still get it, even if you've had the vaccinations. But I think, if, like for chickenpox, if you've had the vaccination and you get it, it shouldn't be as bad, mm. like as bad a case as if you haven't had it.
1: So when, when are you going to consider another baby? Or adoption? What's your views on adoption?
2: <laughs> great. It, if it works for you, great.
1: And even if you can have your own baby... W-
2: yeah, I think, look, I think there's just, everyone has different reasons for dopping babies, and there are plenty of kids that need good homes, so yeah, huh. great. I That's, think it's such a personal decision.
1: It's, having a child is such a hectic life choice.
2: Mm. Are you I, ready? I mean, is this no, scared? I, yes,
1: I'm just scared now. <laughs> it's, I mean, look at my life now. I'm young. I, I do what I want, mm. when I want. I'm partying. Yeah. I can. I can't imagine myself ever having a child.
2: Yeah, I think.
1: I don't know if it's just my <laughs> mindset now. Maybe I need to calm down later on in life.
2: Look, I... either it'll happen by accident no, or. No, <laughs>
1: it will not happen by accident. <laughs>
2: or you'll just get to a point where you're ready, you know? And then you know you're old.
1: How'd you know you're ready?
2: You just know. I mean, I don't know. You don't, I don't know.
1: Where was that point where you were like, okay, I want to sit down with the hubby and I want to discuss having a baby, how many babies to have?
2: No, you see, we didn't. We was don't... it just like yeah. natural? Yeah.
1: And I he mean, was chilled. Yeah. Did That's you discuss finances, responsibilities, a baby? How yeah. much has this baby cost? Did you?
2: Jeez, I mean, I don't even want to think about that. Cause you
1: can't return that and get a <laughs> refund.
2: <laughs> yes. But you know, you've got a child, you're raising a child. So that hopefully, uh, you know, outweighs the cost, but yeah, it is, it, it involves some sacrifices. You can't just, I think you mentioned earlier, you get so used to doing things the way you want to do mm. them when you want to do them. And you know, you can just, everything, every bit of income you earn is, is spent on yourself and you do get used to that. And then with a the child, but it just, it's, it, it's hard to explain, but it's just natural because you just do because it's your child. It's not like you're like, oh no, I'm not going to buy that extra pair of nappies for this child. Like you just do, you know, and you mm. make a plan. Has, has this
1: baby in any way damaged your body? Cause I heard not only does <sighs> it mess up your hormones. Love.
2: Yeah, I mean, of course. I heard you
1: become like a raging lunatic, did and then did? it creates a stretch mark.
2: <laughs> raging lunatic, total wreck. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's quite significant on your I body. I mean, breastfeeding,
1: I'm sure, even messes up the body.
2: Yeah, it's a look, it takes a while to get back.
1: It, oh, it comes back together?
2: Yeah, eventually.
1: I thought you had to go for like reconstruction <laughs> and stuff. <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> maybe some people but no i think in general it's just it's quite a big thing on your body and then you just have to be patient
1: how does that like your stomach's being stretched so far didn't it just become like saggy and stuff after the baby yeah
2: i mean you know just we, to do, like we, tummy tucks we're not we're not 22 anymore i think that's also part of it
1: yes it's, it's so, so uh, aren't
2: you glad you don't have to actually have the baby
1: yeah but then also like you don't want to put your wife or <laughs> let me go with wife i was, wife through that i was going to say wife or mistress through that
2: no but i think your body the body is mean, amazing how it recovers so you know
1: how long did it take you to recover
2: i'm still recovering
1: 15 months <laughs> later that's like <laughs> a year.
2: i'm joking no i don't know recover in what way like you feel like the sleep deprivation is a big thing in the beginning right so you
1: how do you train your baby to sleep through the night
2: well i mean that's a whole other does discussion.
1: it do it itself it just like
2: uh, no, not really. And some, and some babies do. Some babies are better sleepers than others, you know. So I think, uh, there's various methods depending on how strict you want to be. What
1: methods do you use? <laughs>
2: um, no, I mean, look, when they get old enough, you, you, you know, they're sort of crying for attention. So you can leave them for little bits of time to try and go to sleep.
1: I, I learned this from watching, there was an episode on, I think it was like TLC or something. It was mm. called Nanny USA or Master Nanny, something like that that when the child misbehaves, you don't just put it in the corner. You first sit the child down, you explain why it was bad and that they're going to be in the corner for now like three minutes mm. exactly and you take the child to the corner. Mm. And when the child runs away from the corner, you don't ask questions. You take it back to the corner mm. and then you keep doing that until the child learns every time it runs away. You're just going to take it back to the corner.
2: Yeah, again, I think it depends on the child's personality. Like my <laughs> my niece, my brother's little girl. Uh, she loves being put in the corner She just can chill By herself So that's not really a punishment I think it works on kids That feel FOMO You know That mm. that don't like to be separated From from the rest of the gang But look My child's too early So I have no idea What to do In those situations So I will I'll let you know But they're
1: coming eh? You I soon know. gonna hit That teething stage no, I know
2: But then I just ask my friends For advice Like Belinda She's got two kids Just go to her And say what must I do And <laughs> she tells me what to do Did
1: you read a lot of Those parenting books
2: no, I actually, I started and... Uh, did
1: everyone like buy you for baby showers and stuff?
2: I mean, I did get given a couple and they totally freaked me out. They just completely... Cause, I look
1: at photos and get freaked out.
2: Mm, it's just like, you know, and and there's some hectic schedules if you want to follow those. And I, I couldn't... What, what do
1: you mean by schedules?
2: You know, like when you should feed the baby and now the baby must be lying down and sleeping and now you must have breakfast. And then, and I just was like, I couldn't...
1: Mm, like, like when the baby should start mm. eating solid foods...
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's they—they they show signs that they're ready, they're hungry, and they're not satisfied by the bottle. So, look, I think every—it sounds it is all overwhelming, but every stage you're in, if you've got friends and peers around you with babies, they help you. You know, everyone helps each other. Like, because I don't know what I'm doing, and I don't think anyone actually knows what they're doing. But I think they, you just
1: learn through trial you know, and error. Trial
2: and error, and also like you just get to know your child.
1: And like everyone's going to be a bit like skeptical and harsh, like very like. Focused on the first child and then the second child. I'm sure they chilled.
2: My mom always says first children are miracle children for surviving their parents. (laughs) Because, yeah, you're totally focused. And, you know, with the next kids, I would imagine you're a lot more relaxed. And I've seen that with friends and my brothers, you know, it's just, yeah, then third child, fourth child is even more so. I think
1: I need it before I have kids. I, still, I need like my brother to have kids and then I need to try out with those to see if I can like yeah, handle see, kids. It's all or, a
2: process. It's all a process.
1: I still got a lot of years to go.
2: But I don't know if anyone's ever 100%. Well, maybe they are. But I think a lot of people are kind of there because it's, it's a great unknown, Right.
1: The the you, biggest – this would be like the eighth <laughs> wonder of the world, having a child.
2: I know. And I I, I sometimes look at parents with grown-up kids and I just – I'm so impressed and just ad, like admiring that they've done it, you know. I know it's, it seems like such a natural thing, but it's so hard. And then you look at someone who has maybe three grown-up kids and the youngest is 18 and you're just like, wow. Mm. But they all say, you know, it goes so quickly.
1: And I know like from my parents, they've always been like – no, I'm scared for the day my son gets a car. And then he gets a car. Then I'm scared for the day he has to move out. Like I'll miss him. Then he moves out. Mm. Like you sort of have to just adapt with this stuff.
2: Yeah, and I think yeah, exactly. And each stage has its own challenges. I think
1: my biggest, my parents' biggest fear, and like what they were really scared of, was when when my child would have their first heartbreak. Yeah. Like that's something a mother like. Oh, I know. She just wants to. Fix it straight away. She doesn't want to see you, the child in pain.
2: I know that must be terrible. I think my attitude has just been sort of blocking it out until I have to deal with it. Because if I have to sit and think I mean, about even that, to see
1: the child crying, you even though it's nothing, the child might just want attention, but you still like your heart must. I, I see a crying baby, and I'm just like, I, did, I want to try everything. Let me mm. cradle. Let me give a bottle. Yeah. Let me give the dummy.
2: <laughs> I think you do get used to the crying somewhat, but no, it's not. It's never nice to hear them screaming. Never. Mm. You know.
1: I think if anyone's expecting a baby, if you're expecting a baby or you're thinking of having a baby, I think this is the podcast to listen to. (laughs) Oh, okay. I think this is definitely the podcast to listen to. I think we've covered it all regarding kids. I think so. This should be like playing at like maternity wards.
2: I'm not the expert at all, so I don't even, you know, it's it's funny that...
1: You know a lot more than most.
2: Well, no, I think anyone with a child would probably... Well, that's the other thing. There's so many differing opinions of how to do things. Everyone has a different method. And guess what? Everywhere is right. That's that's actually... Because everyone basically loves their child Mm. and wants the best for their child. So I think if you just keep that in mind, then you can't really go wrong.
1: Well, a giant thank you for coming in and educating me (laughs) on something I knew like nothing about. And now I know a bit more (laughs) about. Not so scared for what the future might hold.
2: Well, good luck. I look forward to that, to hearing the news.
1: Where can people catch up with you?
2: Okay, so you can visit our website, um, Black Mountain, www.black-mountain.co.za. Um, you can catch us on Twitter at Black MTN. And then just a shout out, my business partner is a mommy blogger, and she has a blog called Making Mountains.co.za, and she's also very active on Twitter uh, at Belinda Mountain.
1: Coming up right now, we have Mr. George Becker. He handles R for the African hit. Tell everybody. Stay tuned.
0: Download the Cliff Central app. Available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store.
1: Shifting gears real quick. That was an insightful discussion on babies and what to do if you're expecting a baby. I actually learned a lot from Catherine Black. But now it's time to speak to Mr. George Beckett. You handle a and R. I. That's like artist management, things like that? Yes. Do you want to come a bit closer to the microphone? Um. That's the music industry is like booming at the moment. Is it, is like it being affected by online sales? I mean, online illegal downloads.
0: <laughs> You're asking if the online illegal download is boosting the music industry?
1: No, affecting the music industry. It's
0: affecting. Um, yes.
1: How so? Like do you, it, will it crash one day?
0: No, it's not going to crash. It's just going to, um, it's moving towards, um, streaming. So, um, um music has been, you know, getting some more values on streaming side, you know. So, the platforms that use music right now actually mm-hmm. pay for using music on the platforms. Mm-hmm. So, um, before it used to be just the downloads. Mm-hmm. So, not everybody have the data to download. Not everybody, you know, have the money to buy the track. But, you know, platforms that are using the music, streaming the music, actually bringing more money right now
1: i i personally slowly see like cds dying out i mean some computers you can't even put a cd in there
0: <laughs> yes that's that's correct it's 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 going very digital
1: so as part of R do you have to research the different methods to get the music out there or is it purely just your artist management what what's R involved
0: in anr it's uh artist repertoire meaning that uh, a repertoire of artists. So, um I've got relationship with a lot of artists, mm-hmm. a lot of producers and um I've got um I've got knowledge about the music, a certain kind of music. So, for example, if you got an artist that wants to go out um into the industry as an artist, you need an A&R person to be able to research what kind of music does this artist really fitting to do and who are the people that can help in terms of the production, in terms of the collaboration, in terms of the market and all of that. So Ian Arrow basically, you know, got his knowledge about the music before it's being produced.
1: Are you very picky with the artists you choose to manage? Yes. How, like, how would you assess the criteria that you
0: accept? Uh, for me, I like working with artists that's got raw talent. You know uh because it makes my work easier um uh, because if by the time I do everything and bring artists to the studio, bring a songwriter, bring everybody, mm-hmm. and the artist is not able to deliver, then the whole process is being dragged back, and as well, the budget for the production is being you know increased because we're not able to achieve what we have to do for the first day in the studio. And all of that. So it's, it's easier for me. So to work with an artist that is very talented, that can be able to jump mm-hmm. on ideas and make it fantastic.
1: Is the music industry like what you see in the movies? They go spend hours in the studio. They eat in studio. They there for like days and then they produce this hit record like Justin Bieber.
0: Exactly. It's just, it, it's almost like, you know, the same thing that happens in the movies. So uh, For the music I think For the music They put in more time though Mm. Yeah they put in more time Sometimes Producers don't even get to shower You know Because uh, They just want to make sure That they get it right Especially when you're working With a perfectionist So
1: What are the different components You have You have The producer You have The singer You have Obviously the manager Then Who else is involved In the 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 artist
0: mm? The songwriter Do most people Write their own songs uh, yes, uh, most people do write, but, uh, they have a limitation. So mm-hmm. if you get a repertoire of songwriters and you know who is good at writing a love song, a pop song, whatever the genre is, you know, it's easier to bring all these elements together. It makes the artist work easier. So it's a collective effort. So the producer, also the composer, composes the music in the way that it should go in terms of the, idea and the concept of the music that you want to do
1: there's once you've completed the track i've always heard like in the movies they send it off to somewhere else which like finishes the
0: track they add in like the effects and stuff what is that component it's called the mixing and mastering that Mm -hmm. is actually the post-production of music so that is where the levels of the instruments the vocals everything is being polished and placed in a way that when you hear it in your (coughs) Excuse me. When you, when you play the music, your, um, your stereo, in your headphones, you know, whatever device you're using, it doesn't, you know, get to like distort and it balances. It's proper. It sits very well. And when you play it in a big speaker, it's just, you know, making sure Mm, that every element, everything is, is sitting properly the way it's meant to present itself, you know, when it's being played in a club, in a, in your, in your car, and uh your your pc or something like that so that's a post-production so the mixing is a process of you know cleaning up the vocals taking up what is cleaning up like taking the parts that is like the editing process and then the mastering is bringing up all the volumes and levels to match up in a in a very nice way
1: but now it's sounding completely polished and everything on the cd then, when they perform it live, it's not going to sound as great. So, isn't there
0: like a. Um, uh, most, most artists don't, you know. Hello? Mm? Yes. Uh, most, most artists, they, they perform with, uh, with the CD itself, you know, like performing directly with the CD playing, you know, but normally, uh, they're meant to be performing with a backing track. So the backing track is being... um, is is a track that has the the chorus but So they're
1: doing it at the same time? Yes. Doesn't it, that take away from like the the natural talent?
0: No no no. See see what it is. Performing with a backing track actually presents a real talent. But performing with a full track mm. it's actually you just lip singing your own song.
1: But what happens if you you know when they start like doing it freestyle, when they start like I remember Jay Z when he was here, um You know that song New York Mm -hmm. So whenever it would say In New York She would say In Africa It said that is Back in track But how you gonna Oh so she Does
0: the track again She completely Goes back to studio To that To that part And Mm. then in In the post production In that mixing process They now take off The vocals Of the verses And leaves the chorus So whenever He raps and raps And gets to the chorus part The chorus comes up So that it can be bigger you know for the audience, but on his part there's a space let's yeah.
1: talk a bit about uh, the African hit Tell everybody, which was globally launched on the eleventh of September. Tell me a bit more
0: about that um it's a It's a song for the campaign global Goals. Mm-hmm. so um I was um appointed by Project everyone they're based in the in the u k um so they came down to s a um, to work with universal music in terms of releasing a song mm-hmm. that, will actually, um, that will actually raise the uh, awareness of the global goals. So, universal music uh, recommended that they work with me. So, um, I was able to put together a song that had um, artists that are influential in the continent that um, will be able to make the song reach a wider audience. So their brief actually was that they want the song to hit a certain amount of people in a short time so I say as a near person for mm-hmm. you to be able to do that you need artists that are influential in the continent artists that have followers and all of that so these artists will have to actually um, sing their part in the song the way it really affects them so there are 17 goals you know we have um, no poverty no um Quality education mm-hmm. and a couple of them. So which artists are featured on there? I'm going to play it in about a minute. Uh, we have from 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 South Africa, we have Zulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Tanzania, we have Diamond. From Kenya, we have South Soul. From Ghana, we have Beka and uh, Sakodi. And uh, from Togo, we have Tufan. And then from Nigeria, we have Yemi Alade. Where can we get this song, and how can we help with the initiative? The song is online. It's uh, it's 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 been released by all the major blogs in the continent, even overseas. You know, so it's on YouTube. It's on uh, it's on the blogs where you can download them for free. It's on iTunes. You can as well buy the song there. You know, so um, the song is available online. So you can just you just have to search for. Tell everybody and attach one of the artists' names so it's easier. You say mm. tell everybody Mafikizolo or Tell Everybody Diamond, then you're gonna get a song.
1: Definitely go right now, get the song. It's been an absolute pleasure chilling with you for the past hour. Remember, I'm Michael Flax and I've been standing in for Jade and Miss Proof for rookies and rock stars. You can also catch me every morning Monday to Friday on the Gareth Cliff show, six to nine. And uh Friday at 20 past four for Relax It's Flax on Kelman on Cliff Central. I want you to go have a good day, go outside and have some fun. Here's a little preview of the song.
2: I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell them Cliff Central. The
0: revolution. I've got
2: something important to tell
0: you. Cliffcentral.com